The origin of Earth's water has been an enduring mystery. It's a vital part of nature and has been around for as long as life itself. But evidence shows that water is abundant in the initial stages of a protoplanetary disk, which is a rotating circumstellar disk of dense gas surrounding a newly formed star, which is exactly how our solar system had its beginnings. Therefore, water and its origins may not be so mysterious after all. And in this podcast, we are going to dive into the history of water and where all Earth's water came from. Now, speaking of podcasts, I've really enjoyed making these episodes and watching the community grow. You're a vital part of the journey, and I really appreciate the continued support from my listeners. If you haven't already, please hit the subscribe button as it really helps the podcast grow and means I can make better quality content and more interesting content. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you enjoyed this episode. So sit back and relax, because this one's going to be interesting. I'm your host, Mr. Earth Guy, and you're listening to Earth SciShow. I recently read an article in Geoscience World Elements called We Drink Good 4.5 Billion Year Old Water. And naturally, it got me curious. Is water really that old? Well, through meticulous observations of the cosmos and studying water on Earth, we now have lots of evidence to show that this is true. And in solar systems like ours, water is along for the ride as the young star grows and planets form. The evidence is in Earth's heavy water content, and it shows that our planet's water is indeed 4.5 billion years old. Now, you're probably wondering, what is heavy water? We will come to that a bit later. But first, it all starts with the formation of a solar system, which usually starts as a giant molecular cloud. The cloud is mostly hydrogen, which is water's main component. Next are helium, oxygen, and carbon in order of abundance. The cloud also contains silicate dust and carbonaceous dust. Now out here in the cold reaches of the molecular cloud, when oxygen encounters these dust grains, it freezes and adheres to the surface. But we all know water isn't water until hydrogen and oxygen combined. And the lighter hydrogen molecules in the cloud hop around on the frozen dust grains until they encounter oxygen. When that happens, they react and form water ice. Now it's important to know that there are actually two types of water. You have regular water and heavy water which contains deuterium. It has one proton and one neutron in its nucleus. That's what separates it from regular hydrogen, also called proteum. Proteum has one proton, but no neutron. Both these hydrogen isotopes are stable and persist to this day, and both can combine with oxygen to form water. As time passes, gravity begins to exert itself in the cloud as matter clumps in the center. More mass falls into the center of the molecular cloud and starts forming a protostar. During this process, heat is generated, causing the gas and the dust in the disk to reach 100 Kelvin. This temperature is bitterly cold on Earth, a mere minus 170 degrees Celsius. But in chemical terms, it's enough to trigger sublimation, where ice changes phase into water vapor. This chemical transition occurs in the hot Carino area, which is a warm envelope surrounding the center of the cloud. Water is abundant at this point, though it's all vapor. A typical hot Carino contains about 10,000 times the water than there is in the Earth's oceans. Next, the star begins to rotate, 
and the surrounding gases and dust form a flattened rotary disk called a protoplanetary disk. Everything that will eventually become the solar system's planets and other features is inside that disk. Now the next part is important. Even though the newly created star is generating heat, relatively it's not that much. Which means that there's a temperature gradient as you get further away from the center getting colder and colder. As the disk continues to rotate, all of the water vapor that was created in the sublimation phase actually condenses back into water onto the grains further away from the center. But now, the water molecules in that icy mantle contain the history of the water in the solar system. Thus, dust grains are the guardians of water inheritance. Now, as time passes and the solar system begins to take shape, it resembles a more fully formed system. Planets, asteroids, and comets start forming and taking orbit. Now, you're probably wondering how we know a lot of the water on the Earth is actually 4.5 billion years old. Well, the answer to that is rather simple. It actually comes down to the ratios of heavy water with deuterium to regular water. You see, deuterium, which makes heavy water, was only formed in the first seconds after the Big Bang. However, not much of it formed. Somewhere between 1 deuterium for every 100,000 proteum atoms. That means that if deuterium was evenly mixed within the solar system's waters, the abundance of heavy water would be expressed as 10 to the minus 5. And that ratio would be evident on Earth. But that's not what we see. In fact, Earth has about 10 times greater heavy water content than in the universe and at the beginning of the solar system. Which means something must have occurred to enrich it. What caused that enrichment? Well, to answer that, we need to go back to the hot Carino which we discussed earlier during the early clouds of the solar system. The icy mantles around the dust grains attract more deuterium than regular hydrogen atoms, creating a concentration of heavy water. And through the process of sublimation, which is where the vapour turns to liquid again at the far reaches of the disk, more and more deuterium is concentrated on the grains of dust. Therefore, abundant heavy water is a hallmark of water synthesis in the cold molecular cloud clump. The researchers estimate that up to 50% of the water on Earth was sourced from the creation of our solar system. Earth likely inherited its original water predominantly from planetesimals, which are supposed to be the precursors of the asteroids and planets that formed Earth. This is opposed to comets bringing that water later, raining it down on an early Earth. Now these studies are very powerful and important but they still leave us with unanswered questions. It does not explain how all the water reached Earth. But the study does show that the amount of heavy water on Earth is at least the beginning of figuring this out. Water likely played a role in forming the planetesimals that delivered it to Earth. Water likely played a role in the sequestering of other chemicals, including the building blocks of life onto rocky bodies that eventually delivered them to Earth. Water lies at the centre of it all. And by showing that some of it dates back to the very beginnings of our solar system, the authors have provided a starting point for us to figure out the rest. I hope you really enjoyed this podcast. I definitely found it interesting to research and write the script for. Please remember to share this podcast with at least one friend or family member as it really helps the channel grow. If you enjoy the content, don't forget to subscribe and I'll see you in the next one. You've been listening to Earth SciShow and I'm your host, Mr. Earth Guy. And remember, stay curious. Stay curious.